0: This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number five. Last week, we talked about doing a thought download and exploring our mind with intention and loving kindness. I hope that you've had the opportunity to do some thought downloads of your own and explore your own mind through journaling. What are some of the thoughts that have come up this week? Have you noticed any thought patterns? We experience 40 to 60,000 thoughts in a day, and many of them remain in our unconscious mind. But it's important to raise our awareness on the feelings and the actions that go with these thoughts that are ruling our day. Start your day or end it whenever you have time with a mindfulness exercise or meditation. It doesn't have to be long, whatever fits within your schedule. And then follow it up with journaling for a few minutes. Empty your mind of all that comes up and release the incessant chatter that lives in our minds. It can get overwhelming to sort through these when they live inside of us, but seeing them written down, exploring what we are choosing to think about the circumstances in our lives can be incredibly eye-opening as you work through the thoughts that are ruling your day. Build empowering thoughts that can get you from where you are now to where you want to be please let me know. I would be happy to support you and help you in any way. Have you ever felt stuck in a place that you didn't want to be, but you just weren't sure how to get to the other side? I want to share the story by Buddha that was really powerful and helped me explore what are some ways that I am holding on to things that are really keeping me stuck. The story is about a man who in his journey came across a great river. It was very turbulent and he didn't feel that he could swim across the river. As he was considering what his options would be to cross a river, he saw that there were some sticks and material that he could use to build a raft. He decided that that's what he will do. So he built this raft and made his way across the river to safety. And when he got to the other side, he was so happy and grateful for the raft. And he thought to himself, wow, this raft is so powerful. It helped me achieve a goal, which was crossing the river. Something that I thought would be impossible. I need to keep this raft with me through the rest of my journey. And as he continued on his journey, next, he came to a forest full of trees, And the raft kept getting in his way, making it harder for him to go through this forest he felt like the raft was what gave him his power, the ability to do difficult things. And he didn't want to let go of the raft. There are so many details in the story that I think is important. We think that our power comes from something external. It could be the raft, it could be another person, it could be something else. And we think that this is where we find motivation, energy, etc. to do things. But the reality is that we build the rafts in our life. We are able to look around us and find what works and use it to help us get to the next step. But it's also important to know that what helps us get from point A to point B, essentially the first step, may be part of our difficulties in getting to the next level, point C. What worked for one area or one time in our life may not work for the next time or phase in our life. And that doesn't mean that anything has gone wrong or Somehow we're failing. All it means is it's time to let go of the raft to believe in our own self, to explore what will get us to the next step. When we open our mind and we explore all the things that we didn't even know we were capable of, to reach that next future self, there truly lies our power in shaping and creating our own future. It's important to not get attached to the rafts in our life. Sometimes they can hold us back and keep us stuck. Always remember that we have the ability to create our dreams and we may create our own rafts. We may create our own gliders. We have access to all the tools. The most important thing is to believe, to use your resources and tools well, and to know that fear, just as much as excitement, is part of that journey. So embrace your inner power. Embrace your journey. This is exactly where you are meant to be. You are not behind. Nothing has gone wrong. And this is exactly the journey that you were meant to have. And I can't wait to hear more about it. I am so excited to welcome my guest today, Dr. Sarah Smith. Dr. Smith is a rural family physician and the charting coach for physicians. As a physician coach, she specializes in helping physicians stop charting at night and create time for the things they love. She's created a space for physicians to come together as a supportive community, working together to become charting champions and beating their backlogs. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you here. I've always wondered, how do you become a charting coach. How did you get started on this journey? I'd love to hear more about it. Thank you. Great question. So
1: I was a family physician working rurally, and I had been in my job for 15 years. And you would think after 15 years, things get better. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not the length of time in this job that helps you get your charting done. So I was often found myself being the last one to leave or just overwhelmed by the amount of charting and things to do, paperwork administration burden. So I was on a journey to find help and really looked out into the world. And there wasn't anyone at that point who could help me get my charting and backlog done. There was a few physician coaches at that time who were helping you leave medicine, but that's not what I wanted to do. I actually enjoy my job. I love the role as a family physician, and I didn't want to give that up. So I discovered a general life coach and was able to transform my clinical day over about an 18-month period, um, which is a long time to spend trying to figure it out, but worth the investment in my time to create a different clinical day. And then I wanted to be able to help my people, which at that time was family physicians, primarily just helping them get their charting done too and get home with evenings and weekends free, which was pretty damn fun to help them out and that's how I invented myself as the charting coach by helping hundreds of physicians and just putting hundreds and hundreds of hours of coaching physicians with their charting problems and really helping them with the most simple solutions for them and I think it's just the most rewarding job in addition to my day job which is still a rural family physician.
0: Absolutely. I love that. You mentioned simple solutions, but really as someone who's struggled myself with charting, I can tell you, uh, none of these solutions are simple, right? It has a life-changing impact when we can get our charting done and feel like we still get to do the job that we love without having to sacrifice our time and our evenings and our weekends trying to finish charting. Yeah. I think
1: that restoration is so important. So We make hundreds and hundreds of decisions. Daily as physicians. And when you are then going home and spending six, 12, 20, 30 hours a week charting, you are not recovering. You're then beating yourself up for not being the parent you want to be or the spouse you want to be or even the person you want to be. The number of physicians I've worked with who haven't read a book for years for fun, they haven't exercised for years, they just don't feel reliable when it comes to being able to be home or getting their family looked after and for them it's just breaking their heart they think they're being used at work and they're dreading work because everything they do in their day seems to add to that to-do list and that backlog and there seems to be no end in sight and so when I say simple solutions you're right there's a lot of obstacles to overcome The focus of my coaching really is to find the physician's most simple solution to help them through this.
0: That sounds great. I was looking through some of the options and you mentioned talking about backlog. So are you talking about charts that are left over? What does that mean? And how does that really impact our day? So most physicians when they come to work with me have got a
1: backlog of unfinished charts and inboxes and task lists. But there's a subset of physicians who have a massive backlog and that can look like a task list with thousands of things in it it can look like hundreds and thousands of unfinished charts and it can go back months or years for some positions and i really have a heart for them because at that point it's starting to impact your mental load and your self-identity you really are feeling disappointed shame guilt it's often a hidden problem but for some physicians, they've actually lost their jobs over it, or they have their jobs threatened by it. And there's really not a lot of resources to specifically help physicians Like you can have a one-on-one coach for sure, who can help you through the, the mental mindset that's required to get through that backlog, but beating yourself up about it is not the way to cure it, it really requires a love. It needs someone to love you through it. And also to find that perspective inside you that I can do this and I can figure out a way to make a difference in my life I can change my own story and I think that's the thing that a physician coach can add is someone who knows what a backlog is and how that's impacting your day everything you do you're always thinking about I should be I shouldn't be doing this I should be managing my backlog or I should be finishing those charts or I should be invades everything so that ability to have A true break, a true restoration of your
0: mental energy is so important. Yeah, that sounds amazing. One of the things that I've been reflecting on quite a bit recently is procrastination. And one of the recognition that I had was whether it is completing chart or completing a project or even reading a book that I had picked out is it's really exhausting to procrastinate because you have to keep coming up with excuses and keep maintaining that story of why you're really procrastinating and why it's really not the best time to get the work done. So I'm just curious, what have you found as far as charting? What is one of the biggest struggle that you've found in your coaching experience and how do you help others in overcoming this?
1: So uh, there's some common themes about charting and, and leaving it till later. I think the big one that physicians have often just fallen into the trap of leaving it till later because it's something more important. So the the most important thing at that moment when you first start thinking about this is not I should finish this chart because it feels selfish or I can do that later, so I will. There's a patient waiting is the most common obstacle I have physicians overcome in order to get their charts done. And we really look at why would you wanna get the chart done now instead of going into the next room to see the patient. We really explore what that means for the physician if we actually look at it from the perspective of the patient and the physician. So from a physician point of view, if your charting is done, you're ready to focus on the next patient. You're more present and your clinical reasoning is so much better when you are focused and able to really listen to what's going on for that patient and have your brain not cluttered up with all the rest of the patients from that day. So that clinical reasoning is our most executive skill. It's what we use our brain for. We're trying to get information and meld it with the things we know about disease illness scripts and trying to come up with clinical reasoning assessment and plan. If we take a moment to record that, we're doing a couple of things. We're getting immediate real-time what happened, which is great from a medical-legal point of view, and to recall, because all of my physicians, they want a perfect chart. They want a good and proper assessment of what happened. They want a recording of what happened, but when you leave it to later, of course, you diffuse some of that information. And so you really have to mash it into your brain if you're not going to write it down right away. So it serves you because you've got that clinical record of what just happened. And it serves your patient because you, one, just recorded what happened for that last patient. And two, you're more present and ready for the next patient. And next,
0: you're going home with everything done. And that feels amazing. And the other part I was thinking too, as far as getting it done immediately, is sometimes as you're finishing up the chart, if there's anything that you feel can add to the patient's clinical care, if there are follow-ups, et cetera, it all gets done. And it's not something that you might forget later or might not necessarily get to. So even though there might be some delay in getting the system set up, and getting to your next patient, ultimately, you're really providing amazing care in that moment as well.
1: Yeah. So of course, any new skill is going to be different and unfamiliar. It takes time to overcome the unfamiliarity and you're just kind of clunky at it to start with and so you may run just that little bit further behind to start with but when you start to watch my physicians who are using their own simple solution so we it's of course individualized to you not everybody's got the same way of getting their notes done as they go but when we figure out your solution you end up running faster you don't end up running more behind. It's crazy that you could actually get the work done in such a more efficient way. So it's important to have those that someone walking with you i think to help you through that when you're trying to do it on your own of course you can of course you can make changes to your life without a coach but that coaching just brings you that perspective and helps you see where am i going what is the goal i'm trying to achieve and what is my most simple solution what should i try next how do i deal with fails because i got to the end of my day today and it didn't feel good now what and having that ability to have someone help you out think is just the the piece that makes it the fastest to get to that transformation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I've really struggled personally with the infamous duo perfectionism mixed with procrastination. And it's hard sometimes. You want to do it perfectly. And that perfectionism makes it harder to even get started and you keep thinking well i'm going to do it later you know maybe it's going to be easier tomorrow etc. We want to have that perfect looking history and physical or follow up note and perfectionism is something that can apply not just in charts but in a lot of different levels so are there any words of wisdom or what would you say to someone who's struggling with perfectionism with procrastination and getting their charts completed
1: Yeah they're not alone absolutely so i have physicians whose charts are audited every single one of them is audited is part of their journey as a new physician that their charts will be audited however even then what is more valuable having the chart done now in real time and being the most accurate record of what just happened or doing it three weeks later like there is a huge difference in it's complete it's done versus it's perfect but it's late And is it perfect at that moment? Because you've spent a lot of time having to recall it. So we do have techniques to help physicians who are wanting to make sure it is their best work and their most accurate record of what happened. And so what we might do is we might say, let's get it done. And then let's find an hour somewhere in the week to go back and look over those notes and evaluate them. Are you happy with them? Are you getting it to the level that you like it? So we're not asking you to take shortcuts and do um, crappy charting. We're actually saying do the charting the way you want it done and then give yourself the perspective of going back and seeing is it the way you want it to be? Is it reflecting
0: what happened and is it, The chart you love. We get to cover that as well, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love this concept of the gift of time that we get, right? One of the things that I noticed as I was going through a burnout, as I was recovering and trying to figure out who am I? what do I even like to do? What do I do with free time? Because I had not experienced that for such a long time. I didn't know what to do with free time or what that even meant. And as I was exploring that, what I realized was really it's about self-discovery and learning. What are things that I want to do again? So I'm just curious if you don't mind sharing, just even for yourself personally, what's the biggest impact on the time saved from this? And I know that you're really passionate about sharing it and helping others, but what has been, been a personal impact for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So
1: I think that you're right. When physicians are going home with everything done, initially it's very uncomfortable. It's kind of like, I feel like I'm missing something. What have I forgotten to do? There, there can't be nothing to do, right? And it's very unfamiliar. It's a new identity. It is a new new discovery. So as I started going home with everything done, it freed up a lot of time. So books. I love reading books now. I've devoured dozens of fictional books, not just self-help books. I am devouring self-help books because I'm looking always for ways to help the physicians that I'm coaching. And so I am always learning, but it's learning for fun. I feel like I can now do everything more efficiently. So it's not just my clinical day. It's like the, the tax paperwork, right? So being able to say, okay, this is what I want to achieve by the end of this time session and being able to get to work and get it done and having then more free space. So hobbies and interests, so much fun. So actually remaining as a family physician and going back to certify as a life coach and then doing business school, that was all done while still working as a rural family physician, because I was able to fit it into my time. And I'm also able to have weekends of nothing, which is lovely. So family time, making sure that I look after family time. So even though I am a physician and have a business coaching. I also have family time scheduled into my week. I also have mornings to do my journaling and my own time. I have time to do my exercise, take the dogs for a walk. I have time to have my own coach. Yeah. We live on a small farm. We just had puppies two days ago, which is super fun. So, so yeah, so fun
0: yeah that's awesome and that sounds lovely so many ways we think what would we do we had free time and you can't even imagine it but when I think about all the things that you've done in the last two years that's a lot of changes so that's Mm -hmm. amazing
1: yeah I think you are
0: happier to make
1: changes because you're like what do I want to create for myself and let's go ahead and create it and knowing that I can have my own back I can make decisions I can see where I want to go and step into well I don't know how to get there but I can know how to figure it out And I will choose something to do and decide if that is the correct way to get to where I'm going. I met friends along the way. I think friends are important. So we have all this work. And everything's about work, friends kind of go on the back burner, right? And I think community is so important to
0: us as humans,
1: and having friends is fun.
0: Yes, definitely. Those that share the journey with us, I think makes it special and makes it valuable. We learn things from each other, and it's really what kind of spices up that journey. I know that the last year has definitely not been what any of us expected. And I'm curious, is there anything that you've learned that's really changed your perspective? in your life, either personally or professionally?
1: Mm, Good point. I think last year was challenging. As a family physician, I've never pivoted so much in my life. So, we started the year with this thing called COVID that might or might not have an impact on us. And then suddenly we're like, okay, you can't have patients in the clinic unless you really need to pivot. It's like, whoa, hang on a minute. So, it was finding out how do we even do emails with patients? How do we do videos with patients? Is this okay? Discovering that. And then, bingo, one of our staff members gets COVID, and all of the staff members have to stay home for two weeks potentially. And so like, okay, now how do we pivot? we can't have uh, extra peak staff in, and suddenly I've lost my additional staff first people. Pivot, the government makes changes in how we're going to be remunerated. And so suddenly your remuneration is changing and you need to change up something in your day if you want to be able to still make a living and see the patients pivot. I think there was the potential always to burn out in terms of this is too much. I can't do this. I don't know how and it's uh, overwhelming. Or stepping into that, I know how to figure it out. I know how to make changes. If it doesn't work out the first time, I know how to make changes to tinker with things until I get them right. It was just that confirmation of, resourcefulness and having my own back, meaning that if I make a change and it's not the right change, I will just make a new change. I don't have to say you're a failure. I'm going to beat you up. So that's what I mean by having your own back. It's that self-confidence, not arrogance. It's a self-confidence of I make a change and I evaluate it. And if it's the right change, perfect. If it's not the right change, I'll try something new. Really having to be physician champion, meaning kind of being innovative on that front edge of pivoting and helping your staff understand how that's going to look like and happen and helping them not to be totally overwhelmed as well by getting their perspective, working as a team player. So while leading But leading from the point of view of this is a change we have to make. Can anyone see the best or most easy things that we could change up first? Trying to do it within the team rather than by leadership, but also having their backs too that this is hard and we're going to be making changes and we're going to be making changes quickly. How can we help you too? So trying very hard to keep change easy, be flexible.
0: Change is never easy changes. It requires a certain amount of momentum to get over the inertia of what's going on. And I loved what you shared about pivoting in the moment. I think it's definitely a huge lesson that so many of us have learned in order to keep doing the same thing even, or well, not that we can do the same thing, but really what do we do now? Next. And the reality is that nobody knew. It wasn't like we could call our mentor or or a friend and say, hey, what are you guys doing? Nobody knew. We're all trying to figure it out. And so that's a lot. And I especially loved what you said about having your own back and embracing everything that happened, right? Because a a lot of times when things happen and they make a mistake, et cetera, there's that feeling of I'm a failure. Why do I keep doing this? Why does this keep happening? And all of these things. In reality, when something happens, whether it's a success or a failure, they're just data points, and you use them and you move forward. And so by embracing that, I feel like it gives us so much more power and empower ourselves in that moment. Mm -hmm. And not really connecting all of our self worth to whatever we're trying to do in a space that no one knows what's happening.
1: Yeah, I think that's so true. We talk about Don't fail uh, a lot in medical school. Like it's really important that you don't fail and at school. And then as adults, the only way to learn and grow is to fail. So do something and it doesn't work. So we try it again. Like that's how you grow your muscle of resilience, your resourcefulness muscle, your pivot muscle comes from trying something. It doesn't work out quite right. And all that means is the result you got was it just wasn't quite right. How you get there, you just need to change the process and you get a new result. It's not linked to your self-worth you're so right it's nothing to do with you as a person this result it is simply just a result from the step-by-step process that you followed to get there and if it's not the right result you've got to find a new step-by-step process just tinker with a few things till you get the result you want so that learning and growing replacing failure
0: the triggering word right so true now if you could go back and talk to your younger self Um, is what is one piece of advice that you would like to give your younger self? Good question. I think that early on, I
1: had a phrase, a commitment to myself that I would move forward with no regret. We can't change our past. And so as I make the decisions in my life, I make the best decision in the moment. I get to believe I make good decisions and I get to believe that I don't need to regret anything that I've done. I think that I still tell myself now, no regrets. So that you can remind yourself, no, I make good decisions. That was the right decision in the moment. And you'd get to enjoy and make memories now. So I think that as if I went back, I would say, you've got it right. No regrets, make memories. So if there's something you can do that would make a memory, like spending the weekend with your family to build a memory making moment, do it. And I want to keep that now. I think that my younger self tells me that now. And I would tell that again to her to remind her that is correct. Keep going, keep making memories.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful. I think so many times you think, oh, I'll be happy when, and there's that thought, well, I just have to get through this one week of really hard things. And then somehow things are going to be easier or better, or just make it through residency or just make it through the first two years of practice. And then you come to a point point you're like, well, when is that, you know, going to happen? So yeah, it's a struggle to really find that joy in the moment. And I think you phrased that beautifully.
1: Yeah. Joy in the moment for sure. Now it's not all joy. I think it's that we're on a journey. We might be going somewhere, but we have to enjoy it through the journey, right? Because this is our life right now. Even though our life might be we're on our path to get here, we're actually right now in our life. So I I think the more and more I do this work, the more and more I notice that I'm enjoying it now. It's messy. It's chaos. It's not. I work with, my, with an attention coach. I think a lot of the physicians I look after would consider themselves having either a diagnosis of or suspicion that they have some ADHD. And I think that your people might also resonate with that. So I, I say I have free time, but I have things, books, papers, like it's not Tiny and beautiful. It's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm not beating myself up for that. I'm just saying, this is how it is. And this is how I get to enjoy my journey. And I'm on my journey to wherever I'm going. And it's always changing. I'm always trying to find something new to learn about for my people that I'm coaching or to help physicians or me in my own journey as a physician on a journey. We're not supposed to get to the end. It's continuous. Right.
0: And one of the things that I just want to take a moment to reflect on that when you were sharing that really struck me too is we're on a journey. It's not always supposed to be joyous. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a human, we're going to experience more than joy and that doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. or that we have somehow made a mistake and we're a failure because now we're feeling anger or anxiety or sadness that mm-hmm. something has gone wrong. Before um, experiencing coaching, that's one of the first thoughts that I would have is, oh my goodness, I'm angry. And I thought right. I was developing my patience. And now I'm angry. So something's wrong with me. And the reality is I'm just experiencing emotions. And I don't have to do anything more than that. There's nothing wrong with me. I am just being human.
1: Yeah. So how we've done one thing is how we'll often do everything. So if you've got a physician who is having trouble with their charting, and they're feeling burnt out. Likelihood is they're also having those same feelings at home, right? Overwhelmed by the fact that the closet's not tidy, overwhelmed by the fact that the CME isn't updated, overwhelmed by the fact that they have piles of paper everywhere and they've got a drawer at home that's full of junk. Like it's normal normal. and it's step by step. If there's things you want to change about it, you can. And I think knowing that you can make changes in your life that you enjoy is amazing. Just knowing that it's possible, is a first step and then creating that possible is actually difficult, unfamiliar. It takes a lot of courage. It takes bravery, but it's doable. It's possible to start stepping into what do I want? So I think that what do I want? What result do I want to create in my life? And thinking bigger than where you are right now about that. That's absolutely beautiful.
0: Well, if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and know more about you, as well as know how they can get to work with you. How will they find your information? If you could share a little bit about your program and where they could find your information, that would be great. Yeah, so I am found at chartingcoach.ca
1: and that's where you'll find the programs I have. So there's a blog post, there's a free masterclass, Stop Charting at Night, which is an on-demand one. So you can just watch it anytime if you're interested. I'm going to go through a little bit more in depth of that mental load and mental burden in physician's days and some of the steps towards not having to chat at night anymore. I'm also building the Beat the Backlog Mastermind, which opens in April. So, two programs charting champions for physicians it's lifetime access it's full of all the things you need to stop charting at night plus extra goodies like a community of physicians who are all working towards the same goal and lots of coaching and then the, the backlog mastermind for those physicians who really have got such an overwhelming backlog that they're really struggling with and need that
0: additional help so Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It's been really awesome spending time with you here. Thank you so much. I'll include that information in the show notes as well. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more. I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today and all the wisdom that you've shared. It's been really fun to chat and get to know each other. I agree. A hundred percent. Thank you so much. Thank you. For my wonderful listeners, there's two more weeks to take advantage of the free productivity consults that I'm offering for the month of February. You can contact me at serenitywellnessmd at gmail.com to schedule your private consult and get started on your journey. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at serenitywellnessmd on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.